Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. I'm joined by Matt. How's it going, Matt? Hey, Robert. Doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. We we got a lot of good responses for the last episode we did together, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I guess right off the bat, uh, this episode is kind of going to be an, a, a little bit of everything episode. There's going to be some Age of Empires 2, Age of Empires 3, even maybe some Age of Empires 4 kind of, you know, I guess topics or announcements and stuff. So I hope you enjoy that part. I, I really wanted this episode to kind of get everyone up to date on what's going on in, in the realm of the new games or updates and stuff. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Um, another thing that will be really big is the fact that I guess we're announcing some regular schedule. <laughs> um, so we're going to record these uh, every first and third Thursday of the month. Before they come out, it'll probably be the weekend, but um, we're hoping that the first and third week, there'll always be an episode for you. That way there's some regular schedule that way you don't have to worry about, you know, everything being all over the place. There may be sometimes, uh, an episode that I do with someone else, uh, every, you know, week in between that or, or from time to time, but the regular schedule will be me and Matt twice a month. So, uh, yeah, that uh, hopefully, hopefully that, uh, makes it a little more regular, makes it a little more bearable. Cause that's the one thing that this, that I've been a little bit annoyed is that, you know, the schedules were all over the place and, and that's kind of a thing that has plagued this particular episode. So I'm happy Matt is on board. And if Matt can't make it any week, um, boxer saint who was on last week said he can be a, a last minute call up. So, so I have that in motion set, set ready to go. So I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah. Fantastic. yeah really really psyched to be doing this regularly it's a lot of fun yeah awesome awesome uh okay quick quick we're gonna i'm gonna go through some announcements i'll I'll let matt talk in a bit (laughs) yeah have matt onto the show don't let him talk for the first 10 minutes might be might be what i do here but that's okay um the first thing i want to talk about is i was actually a guest on another podcast um so what i'm gonna have is the link to that podcast uh, and it's it's kind of talking about co-op because they're a cooperative podcast. So if you want to get my thoughts with some you know new people, and I thought it was a it was a great podcast in itself. Um, RTS so like real time strategy related talk starts around the thirty minute mark, and the Age of Empires talk starts around the hour and ten mark. And you're like, wait, an hour and ten mark? That kind of seems late in the show, right? It's a two hour and ten minute podcast. So no, there's actually plenty of Age of Empires talk. So uh, definitely, um, it's almost like a bonus episode, I feel. Uh, my only warning is uh, that there's some more swears in that episode. We don't really swear on the show. Um, and really, I'm just saying this because I know there's some people that list, like like my series of podcasts because there's no swearing in them, which means they can listen to it while kids are there, um, especially their own kids, right? So uh, I'm just mentioning that that if if you do listen to this bonus episode, maybe maybe that's one for the headphones and not allowed. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I would uh, bring it up because I thought it was a lot of fun to being on there and kind of seeing some people who never played Age of Empires reacting to the game. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, and the last kind of announcement before we actually get into the main breath of the show here is that I'm still hoping to do that kind of show match series where we have a one on one show match every couple of weeks and then the winner gets the title of, uh, you know, feudal Lord or, or King of the castle or, uh, was the last one dark Lord. I have all these discord titles that we're fighting over. So there'll be a link in the discord, uh, but feel free to sign up. You just have to click a check Mark in the tournament announcements page. And, uh, the one that we're having will actually probably be the day after this episode is released. Maybe it's, it's going to be on Saturday, uh, August the 
uh, Saturday, August the 7th. So um, maybe you can, uh, you know, jump in and help us out, make sure we have enough players for that. We're starting to get something going. It's fun casting the the, the matches as well. So uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll be interested. Uh, they'll also be streamed. So I'll include the link to that stream as well. Uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. Saturday, 7th of August, 1 p.m. There it is. Uh, okay. Okay. Now we're going to get into the news. Um, a good chunk of this episode at the end will be kind of dedicated to Age of Empires 3, but there's some Age of Empires 2 news. And actually, I think it was actually announced today. So luckily we're recording today and not yesterday. Um, but August, uh, sorry, on August the 10th, Age of Empires 2 is, is releasing their newest expansion. Have you heard about this, Matt? Yeah, super excited. Uh, I've heard about the expansion, but I actually wasn't aware that they, they've announced the final date. I just thought it was sort of a vague August uh, timeline. But yeah, that's that's super exciting. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff to, to talk about. I don't know if you want to jump right in. I think we can ju- jump right into it. I mean, more than anything, I think, you know, both of us, you know, be, having Polish heritage, uh, this is one that we've definitely been excited for. Yes, I've been um, waiting for Poland <laughs> like since i started playing age of empires 2 <laughs> oh, as, 20 years as ago <laughs> a kid, yeah, i was like man i wish i wish there was poland in this game and uh now my my wish has finally come true um yeah it's 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 definitely um exciting i'm kind of curious so i played through um the so these are called the dawn of the dukes which is actually very appropriate um it looks like there'll be uh Ooh, even the Polish queen in in here. Um, yeah, we can let's let's talk about the the new uh, the new sieves, shall we say the sieves? Yep. Um, I'm also gonna pronounce all the words that I can in Polish just just to mess with people. Yeah, uh, although some of them aren't 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 super obvious. Uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, so Donna, the, I'm I'm gonna kind of go from the uh, the little kind of uh, website that they have here, kind of talking about it, and we'll kind of get our takes on each of those things. Um, and so the, let's start with maybe the uh, things added. So um, the two new civilizations with the new units and uh, technologies mm-hmm. battle your way across Central and Eastern Europe with three new campaigns. Uh, which is actually more than the last expansion, overwhelming your opponents with sheer military might and economic productivity. Um, and there's also new achievements. So it, it's it's very similar, I think, in some sense to the last expansion. I think this is probably going to be a quarterly thing almost, right? Like, what, when's the, do you remember when the last expansion was released, Matt? Uh, I don't remember when it was released, but quarterly, quarterly seems very frequent. I think it was... Was it half a year ago? It was about half a year ago, I think. Okay, so half... Well, if they are giving us two expansions a year... Yeah, um, I mean, sign sign me up. That is a a game that's being supported. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, it's not like it's it's nothing. It's three campaigns. It's two civs. It's, uh, you know, patching and and rebalancing units and civs against each other. It's a lot of work, so that's great. Yeah, I'm excited, and uh, my my big hope, you know, once again, whatever AOE four brings is that the stuff that they start for AOE two, they'll continue. It seems they're even supporting AOE three a lot now, 
Yeah. Um, so hopefully that also continues. Uh, but let's get into our civilizations here for this new expansion. So the first one is the Poles. So Polish. Yep. Poles are a Cav civilization. Well, no surprise there. While their Western neighbors employ deadly companies of heavily armored cavalry, the Poles' levers of strength devolve more towards modern eyes my class as medium cavalry while they cannot always triumph over the rival counterparts on an individual basis they emphasize maneuverability organization and sheer numbers nice Ooh. uh so here are the unique units that we're getting so far the obuch uh the polish unique unit is the obuch a brutal infantryman whose war hammer tears the armor from enemy units uh Obuks are the best used against expensive, heavily armored units that might otherwise pose a deadly threat to the rest of the army. Um, this is an interesting kind of like this is not what I'd associate, right? Especially with a Cavsiv. But how, what do you feel about this unit here, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what this is, or I didn't know what this is. I I since Googled it. Uh, the Obuk is some kind of war hammer uh from what i remember and i guess that's the the unit gets its name from from the the weapon it wields the hammer yeah <laughs> just like they had guys with hammers like this <laughs> yeah so you know but it's interesting how how they they word the the description of this unit a brutal infantryman whose warhammer tears the armor from enemy units so i mean that's either fancy language for saying that that it ignores enemy armor or it can't or it cancels out enemy armor in some way or it could be an entirely new mechanic that we haven't seen before in that you know whenever it hits an enemy it might strip some of that enemy's armor i don't know i'm I'm just kind of theorizing here but it's that'd be too wild i i wouldn't be surprised if maybe it ignored some armor um or i mean it's it's against it's uh, it's very effective against expensive heavily armored units so it might just be a bonus or might ign- ignore armor in those cases that would be the most you know easy thing to implement <laughs> yeah and, and and i guess the yeah it, it certainly would be and i guess the sort of unit that immediately comes to mind is the lightest the the lithuanians unique unit uh mm, mm-hmm. the, the lightest bypasses melee armor entirely so it's actually very effective against heavily armored units and uh so, yeah. so the obuch mm. uh, kind of reminds me of that and sort of fitting that P- polish and lithuanians um get sort of similar units in that way i'll be curious if this is used as much if you're the sieve like if it comes from the castle perhaps it'll be uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll see kind of how it's used i mean it could just be like i feel I feel sometimes civs have unique units that just aren't really used you know yeah um, I have a sneaking suspicion this one might be, especially if you're in a cav so you're probably not going to be making non-cav uh, units. But but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, speaking of cav units, though, there's also the winged hussar. So yeah. the Poles, uh also share a regional unit with the Lithuanians, their partners, and their late medieval commonwealth. For those who don't know, uh, yeah, Poland and Li- Lithuania were one commonwealth yeah. at a time. Yeah, effectively, uh, effectively one nation. Yeah. For for yeah for a pretty long uh, time I guess in the later medieval age, uh, this unit the winged hussar is a powerful upgrade to the light cavalry and prices the hussar upgrade that many other civilizations have. So I guess the winged hussar will probably be essentially once you get to hussars, you'll have a stronger one if you're Poland. I, I think that's kind of what it's saying. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. It's interesting that it's an upgrade to the light cavalry and it's not, it's not an upgrade to the hussar. 
uh, like it's not an additional upgrade that you that you research on top of that like say the the vietnamese uh imperial skirmisher for example or the uh, the Indians Imperial Camel, those are upgrades of the Heavy Camel and of the Skirmisher. So it doesn't replace an upgrade. So this is this is interesting. Um, and it also makes me wonder, so the, the model in game, the, the Hussar unit, already has wings as, as we know it now. So is the regular Hussar going to keep th- those wings and the winged Hussar is going to have maybe bigger, more impressive wings? Bigger wings. <laughs> or are they... Or are they going to change what a hussar looks like for other civs and keep the wings on just the Polish and Lithuanian hussar? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I imagine it's going to be a better upgrade, right, than the hussar upgrade. I imagine it's going to be a stronger unit. Yeah, um, I, I would think so. And I mean, like the Polish army, definitely that time was definitely um, what's the word? Uh, one of one of one of the most known things for the for like the the polish yeah absolutely it was it was famous it's a sound right like when when they're moving as well it's like a whistle almost yeah that's right Um, and and, disoriented people yep yeah and the 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 winged hussars of of poland were you know they they were known across europe as very iconic unit uh many games that feature uh poland during the middle ages during the late middle ages will will have winged hussars as like a very iconic unit so it's it's very uh, very well known very yeah very much a unit or uh, a style of knight i guess if you're to use medieval ages that was used by uh eastern i guess european nations more probably than the west i'd imagine i am i right on that i might be right on that who knows you can look it up historically uh let's move on to the next one here um i don't know if what the polish way of saying this but i'll say full work is the english i guess yeah do you know what this word is <laughs> i've never seen this word uh i've never encountered anything like it and you know i've been speaking polish my whole life i've never seen a word like this i don't know what it is um so additionally the poles have unique building the full work uh which replaces the mill and increases the efficiency of nearby farms so it gets a slightly better meal a more efficient farms by uh so wait, does that mean you don't even have a mill? You just have these full works? Yeah, it, it sounds like it replaces the mill. And it's just a better version of the mill in that, I guess, nearby farm, maybe nearby villagers gather from farms faster or something like that. So this is this is sort of reminiscent of the Slavs bonus. The Slavs have uh, faster farmers, uh, which is a very good, uh, very good late game um so econ folvark, so it's actually folvark, like if we were to translate to polish and uh what i'm getting here from my quick google search is that the english word would be a grange okay uh, uh uh which is a country house with farm buildings attached there you go okay okay <laughs> Um, but uh, clearly it must have been a word that was used or probably might still be used uh, kind of in farming areas. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. And then technologies. Uh, so finally, Poles have two unique technologies. Schlachta privileges. Yes, that is how you say that word. <laughs> yes. S-Z-L-A-C-H-T-A. Schlachta. I'm, I'm waiting for all the butchering of it in English. Oh, accents. yeah. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be brutal. <laughs> and le- Lehiti? 
Lehitits? How would you say that? I don't actually have it in. I don't have it in front of me. Legacy. I, I, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen the the names of the texts actually. Here, I'll send you the link so you can uh, follow along here as we're going. All right, um, on the fly preparation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both of these provide power boost to their roster of cavalry units. So, um, kind of this has to do with I guess noblemen, uh, and so th- that's going to be more upgrades to cavalry. So it's just probably going to be very strong calves if, if I imagine. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll. Uh, I'm also just quick note here. I'm pretty sure if you pre-ordered AOE four, you get this. Make sure that you double check with Steam, but I'm pretty sure you get this one for free. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't know if if that promotion's over or not. Uh, so yeah, double check. But I double check that before you buy. But I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure that that still works. Um, but yeah, uh, there's nothing like too crazy different. I think there's like some base differences but i feel like this is gonna play like your very standard calves of <laughs> yeah it sort of sounds like um from what we've seen it kind of sounds like uh the polish cav might not be sort of you know man to man or toe to toe the strongest cavalry um but it sounds like really they'll faster. have other yeah th- th- they might have other bonuses that can uh, that can give them an edge over enemy cavalry rather than just straight up raw stats. Um, so uh, I don't know, and 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 that uh, that economic bonus, the, the faster farms, um, that's that's a very powerful economic upgrade for the Slavs. If the Polish, uh, if the Poles get something similar, then then uh, that's great. It's a, it's a it's a powerful. Uh, I, I want powerful the uh, bonus. I want the. I'm waiting till we play some three v threes and we just play Slavs, Lithuanians, and and Poles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I think that's a good kind of rundown of of what we know so far. And then there's the other civilization, um, the which is the Bohemians. Uh, they're gunpowder and monk civilization. Um, the Bohemians are so they were threatened both militarily and ideologically on nearly all sides. The Bohemians responded with groundbreaking innovations in both spheres, novel weaponry, battle tactics, and defensive strategies shattered the numerous feudal and professional armies of their invading rivals. While scholarly uh, thought and debate in, inaugurated one of the earliest successful social revolutions in the early modern European history, Bohemian armies compensated for a lack of sheer brute strength, the uncanny ability to outwit, outmaneuver, and counter their opponents. Hmm. I like these little uh, the little sides that they have here. Yeah. Um, so the Hussite wagon, the first Bohemian unique unit is the Hussite wagon, a deadly forerunner to the modern tank. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hussite wagon possesses strong firepower and exceptional at protecting both units positioned behind them. Have you heard of this before? So I, I've seen the, the Hussite wagon. Uh, you can see screenshots of it. If you, if you look up, you look it up like, online, but it's, it, it kind of feel like, I don't want to say it's like, okay. So like, you know, when you have a, um, uh, a battering ram, yeah, it kind of feels like a battering ram on wheels, except you don't have the top part. You just have like walls on the outside. Yeah. That's sort of what it looks like. It's also interesting in that it might have some kind of special, uh, Oh, you poke, poke spears out of it apparently too. That's pretty cool. Sorry. Okay. So maybe you can garrison into it as well. That would be interesting. Like a, like a unique, unit that's actually kind of like a ram that would be interesting that'd be very I, very unique 
Um, it, it says it's exceptional at protecting the units positioned behind them. So I don't know if, if that would translate Ooh, that'd be, in, in terms that'd be of game rules, if, if that's going yeah. <laughs> to affect you know, the way units interact with each other, either reducing damage or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, that'd be interesting because this game doesn't really quite have any, like, shields almost. Yeah. From incoming fire, but it'd be interesting if there was a unit that, if, if you stood by, like, let's just say you have archers on both sides and you put your archers behind this unit and you could shoot at them, but they can't shoot at you or like they would actually have to maneuver their archers around. They couldn't shoot over top. Like that'd be pretty cool. Oh man, that I don't sounds, think I've seen it. That sounds overpowered. <laughs> that sounds like some. That sounds like some AOE four things. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. feel like AOE two, tense. Like you know what was I guess the the last expansion they had that unit that like charged up, but like yeah. they haven't really broken the base kind of rules of the game yet. Um, if that makes sense. Like I feel like there's certain things that they haven't really ventured into, but you know if they're yeah. going to be releasing every every half year. Uh, expansions i think eventually these civs are going to start getting very creative in, in that sense yeah um, i think so and, and yeah like you said we're seeing that we saw that with the sicilians and with the uh, burgundians some interesting stuff that we've never seen before the burgundian the uh the custillier uh sort of charged up attack and the the flemish revolution uh of the sicilians those are <laughs> yeah th- those those are things that are very sort of much out there uh not very aoe2 traditionally speaking but you know they've sort of uh, i think become accepted by the community some people are, are salty about the flemish revolution from what i understand but um other than that I mean, it, it it seems uh, it seems like it's been kind of accepted by the community as part of the game now and, and it sounds like they're kind of bra- branching out um with sort of more interesting and unique uh things about the new civs like even just the 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 mill replacement um we haven't seen anything like that a a building that replaces uh another building like the the donjon is is the first one that that did that i think it's kind of like there there's a point of this game right where there's a lot of civs that are very similar to each other yeah um like i mean i was i was talking about to boxer saying about this how like you know, I kind of feel like most Cav civs at this point, I feel pretty co- comfortable like switching to um, as someone who's played a bunch of Cav civs. And then yeah. like I imagine when you start playing archery civs, like you start getting used to switching to those. Um, and I think as this game continues and if it is to continue, there there needs to be one like an incentive to play these new civs. And I think, you know, having unique um, kind of little ideas and unique making each of the civs more unique will be a good thing. But two, like, if this continues to happen, I think the amount of strategy will actually increase, right? The amount of like civ picks and, and counter picks will get more and more interesting um, as they become more unique. So like I can kind of see a world like especially, okay, let's just say they release two new civs. So I guess four civs a year, right? I can see a world like three years down from now where slowly all the new civs become the ones in specific situations that are more played because of like whatever their unique techs are. They become very like specific to a certain situation or a certain map. And I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. But at the same time, like you don't want older civs to be to be left behind. I think we saw something like this with, with the last expansion where 
you know, everyone was saying, oh, the Burgundians are so overpowered or, or the Sicilians are so strong. Uh, you know, like Flemish revolution is broken and stuff like that. Um, I feel like there's, there's always sort of, you know, it's new content, it's new sieve. So there's all this hype about it. And I think the devs purposefully make it, make these new sieves stronger so that more people buy the expansion and then once the hype kind of dies down (laughs) the devs nerf those sieves and so now you don't really hear about how how overpowered the burgundians are because people first of all they've been nerfed and second of all people have have you know come up with ways to to counter them effectively and so i think we we're going to see something similar i imagine these two sieves are going to be pretty overpowered at the start as soon as they're released maybe a month in they'll get nerfed but by then, you know, all these people would have bought the expansion. So that's how they get you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, to be fair, I think anyone who plays the game regularly will part like I I feel like you can kind of start looking, especially if the expansions continue at this rate, as it, it's kind of like a streaming service, you know, for the year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're buying two expansions a year. And I think most people can uh, can swallow up the, uh, you know, uh, accept that. Right. I, I don't think. If you want the like, let's just say we live in a world where there's like, you know, 50,000 50, people who just keep playing this game regularly. If you want to, you know, have this game continue on for the next 20 years, I think it's actually a very good model. Because um, as long as developers see a continued like regular, you know, buying of this, right? Yeah. And then, then I think they'll continue. So I'm, I'm definitely for that. Uh, we're going to continue on here with the uh, unique units here. Um, we have the Hof. Nice. the second bohemian unit yeah. I, I love like just just going for the name even though i have no idea what it means uh or the, how, how to say it and the second bohemian unit is the hoof nice uh a powerful upgrade to the bombard cannon when he says our adaptive blasting and fortifications and formations to slow the rains i don't mind this um i think the more random stuff that can destroy castles is good i don't need it to necessarily destroy castles quickly but i think you know, treb wars get tired, boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, I agree. I think you tend to see treb wars because uh, they're cheaper. Because the the obvious comparison is the b- bombard cannon. The bombard cannon is is better than the trebuchet in pretty much every way. It's Just also more expensive. Yeah, it's also yeah. more expensive, and um, and there's a requirement in that you have to get a university and, and you have to research chemistry before you can even. Uh, build them so um so that's the reason i think we see a lot of trebs but yeah this this upgrade on the on the bombard cannon this kind of from the little picture that i see here online i mean it's really tiny it sort of reminds me of the age of empires 3 mortar like a really Mm. just a really big gun and and i think that's cool big guns are cool (laughs) yeah I, i think i think it'd be you know, it's really tough because I think as well, you don't want to ever break the balance of the game. I think castles are are to be strong at some point. But then yeah. it's it kind of feels when one player starts winning the castle wars, you don't want to make castles anymore almost. Like if one person has a bunch of trebs, you're like, okay, let me try to counterattack instead. Let me try to get it behind them. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, it definitely becomes interesting because I think once you're down a couple castles and they're just, they can just out cast like castles are a lot of pressure and and i think they're a focal point of the game and so like if you completely disregard them if you create units that like destroy castles way too quickly earlier in the game um i think 
I think you definitely run into a problem where it's like, okay, well, why would I ever build the castle now, right? Like, yeah, that's not necessarily good either. I think I think they do have a place in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And and castles are very very strong up to the moment where one player hits imperial age faster than the other player and they can get some trebuchets out. Um, and then the other player is sort of on a on a on a timer. Although you know, if you're losing like a treb war or a castle war, they're pushing into your into your town slowly with trebuchets. There are things you can do. You can raid their economy. I mean, all these castles are, you know, they're great. But if you can't build units, if if your your economy is is gone, then then those castles won't do you much good. So you know, as as sort of a player on the losing side, there are things you can do to to try to swing the balance back in your favor. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I, the, the, that's yeah. We we could talk about the strategy. Maybe some other day. Perhaps perhaps another day. a topic for another uh, time. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the Hayans have two unique technologies: the Wagenberg tactics and the Hussite reforms. The former boosts the roster of gunpowder units, while the latter improves their monks and monasteries. Okay, this made me think for a second because I think it'd be pretty cool if there was a sieves where you could um, have gunpowder units and monks healing them, <laughs> uh, yeah. and. And that could just be the strat. You know, I'd be down for a sieve like that. I think it'd be very unique in this particular game. Um, they'd probably be... obliterate... Ar- they wouldn't be able to, like, destroy buildings, but they'd probably obliterate armies. That's kind of... That'd be really cool. That'd be crazy. A healing is not something in AoE that, like, you find that much of, I feel, you know? Um, no, not too much. Because, you know, if, if your units are standing around waiting to get healed then they're not they're not out on the map doing work well and it's it's also like i feel like just the way the game's made is like monks are kind of you know they're they they, they can do so much more than just heal so it'd be interesting yeah. if there was um you know more civs that just had like healing units that really didn't do anything else but they were like maybe healing on i don't know i i think it's interesting that that they take the place of two things almost like I feel like that unit can be split into like one that converts and one that uh one that heals but I digress uh <laughs> anyway I, I think it's really cool I'm excited uh, I'm, I'm here for it um I was wondering when it would release but yeah it's releasing the 10th so that means in two weeks when we come back we'll definitely be able to talk about it we'll play I'll definitely play a, a, a couple of missions um yeah, and we'll see how it goes. Speaking of the missions, the campaigns, uh, so the three new fully voiced campaigns, you have uh, Aligardus and Kestutis. Um, so this has to do with uh, a small principality in Lithuania that is invaded by Teutonic Knights. Um, and Prince Algirdas Al- and his little brother Kestutis Tudis refused to bow to the marauders so you get to be you get to be a uh this principality fight fighting a, as lithuanians against this invading teutonic knights i think it's pretty cool that they chose lithuanians for one of them right yeah. one of the civs that are here because it kind of just makes sense regionally yeah it absolutely makes sense and i think this this expansion is sort of might be an indirect uh sort of indirect extra content for the lithuanians because they get uh, they get a campaign and and they get that uh, winged hussar unit that we talked about earlier. So yeah, it's it's only fitting that that uh, we have Lithuania here. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And um, yeah, and then on top of that, you have Yadviga, so the uh, the Polish queen yeah. has a child. 
she has to uh, forge a future for her kingdom while contending to the wills of formal leaders uh, uh, around her, and she has to uh, create a united Polish-Lithuanian uh, I guess country, so that'll be pretty good. Uh, I'm sure this is probably one both you and I will probably play first. Oh I yeah, imagine. absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we'll see, we'll see how the Polish history is there. Um, and and I'm excited for it. And then the last one is Jan Ziska. One eyed Jan Ziska spent his youth as a mercenary fighting for honor and coin, but his destiny changed forever when he was uh, heard the preachings of reformer Jan Huas in Prague. As champion of Hesse Kaz and leader of the Invincible Armies, Ziska shattered existing notions of warfare with technological and tactical innovations. And apparently cement the legacy of one of history's greatest generals by galvanizing mere peasants into highly disciplined units and leading the triumph of the Holy Roman Emperor's knightly armies. That's pretty cool. Nice. That's pretty cool. This actually sounds really uh, exciting too. All three campaigns yeah. sound really sweet. It, it, they do. Um, so, and I'll probably talk about this a little bit as we're going to get to the Age of Empires 3 portion of this. Um, I love that they're fully voiced I would like to see some more cinematography, okay? Because I felt like sometimes with AO2, they just kind of throw you in and the, all the lines are kind of said like as you're starting the mission. So you don't really have time to pay attention, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like like slow, like slow some slow sweeps as they're saying the lines or even maybe just like... I'm always curious about that opening page if you know how there's just kind of like reading almost like out of a book mm-hmm. if that could be done slightly better um i don't know uh the, the aw2 campaigns to me i i always enjoy them but they're always i don't know i feel like there's so much more you can do from like the cinematic point of it that i feel it's lack so i'm i'm looking with my own critical eye to see to see if they uh they have that yeah i i i think i agree i i love the campaigns um but yeah i think if you're looking for something more cinematic it sounds like age of empires 4 uh will be right up your alley the campaigns for for that game yeah i i'm definitely excited for that um speaking of aoe4 we might as well say this now right oh so segue Uh, all right segue uh yeah well unless you have anything more but we'll we'll have more thoughts on on these aoe2 expansion they had to expansion two weeks um aoe4 the the beta had just begun i missed my chance to get into it but the beta has become so there's gonna be people who are probably already complaining about it (laughs) um but yeah it's it's out so people are playing it now and we'll see what people are saying it's a closed beta though so you have to be an aoe insider and you have to get an invite um which is good because you do want to play test things, but yeah, I'm always wary of betas because they kind of ruin the hype a little bit. Um, because you either get like, well, you can get amazing reviews and then you're kind of excited for it, but you can also get like, you know, someone being really negative and then the whole community becomes negative, and I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think I think the beta actually started today. Today is Thursday, August fifth. From what I heard, it's it was August fifth that it started. So, yeah. Uh, and the last, yeah, last kind of AOE two news is I just wanted to say, everyone, if anyone's looking for some AOE two to watch, um, August fourteenth, the qualifiers for Red Bull World Five are on, and uh, Empire War Duo two qualifiers are on August the nineteenth. So, if you go on the fourteenth or the nineteenth, 
probably in most time zones and just you know turn on twitch i'm sure someone will be streaming it uh so yeah 14th and 19th if you want to watch some aoe two um with that we'll now move on to age of empires three um which they had the expansion which is called the african royals um yeah i thought this was really cool this is a history that is you know i know there's a lot of history in in uh you know in my school that was definitely not talked about enough oh yeah for sure uh um i think definitely the continent you know the african continent is talked about significantly less than it should be so i was really excited they had three historical battles they didn't really have a campaign but i thought the um i'm actually really enjoying the, the historical battles um uh so yeah let's let's get into aoe3 there's a little link in here um i don't know if i necessarily uh hmm do we want to get into all the unique units or should i just give my take on the historical battles um i don't know maybe you you can sort of give your take your overall impressions of the of the two new civs i understand you you got the expansion and you've been playing so you know you know about it more than i do I, i don't have the expansion no worries no worries um so i'll just i I just played through some of the historical battles um i've really enjoyed them so i was talking about cinematics while they're explaining the plot they give you a sweep of what's happening or uh which i really enjoyed so you can actually hear the voice actors as things are going on um or for instance uh i was i was playing the which one was it uh the era of princes so this is the ethiopia kind of based one um but there is a whole bunch of warlords fighting each other and as they're explaining this they actually show like the units fighting in the middle like all these three warlords um and so i thought that was really cool just like simple touches that i wish aoe2 would do more of essentially is what i'm saying here yeah uh and it, it adds a lot it's like okay like this is what's happening you know there's all these like warring factions um and you kind of you go through and you first kind of start taking out their like supplies right as they're all fighting each other you're kind of like running around the map hiding from these like different civs that are fighting amongst each other and then once you kind of destroy all their uh supplies the these like warring warring uh warlords kind of unite against you uh so you and your ally uh kind of fight against them cool um the really cool thing is once you beat the mission they have another kind of final scene which i really liked it's like it's like 30 seconds but it's it's a nice kind of touch at the end where you kind of see you know you, your your warriors being victorious and stuff and um they're talking how many of the reforms that you know the particular person who you're playing as many of his reforms later would be um the reason why during the 1800s when they had the uh, the battle you know for africa right where a lot of european nations were taking over ethiopia kind of stayed independent because of many of the reforms of this earlier kind of uniter of the country so i, I thought that was really cool um yeah so th- i think there's a lot of cinematic stuff that i liked about it i think as well it's like I think there's another part of me. The reason AOE three is really pulls on me whenever I do play is because it's so novel for me, right? It's not a game that I've played as much of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always kind of contending with that. It's like, Oh, like just the fact that I'm playing AOE three is a lot of fun for me. And then top of it, I'm like really trying to find out what, you know, 
what uh what i can or can't do or how to play the sieve and, and there's like a lot of things that i'm trying to learn um yeah but there's a lot of really cool units uh that i really like in these sieves and it's just the aesthetics in aoe 3 especially like this is and this is also just like quick side note this is why i'm, I'm kind of worried about aoe 4 at least from the aoe 2 fans perspective is i feel a lot of things they're doing or did in aoe 3 i think a lot of them are probably going to be taking the new game uh at least from looks <laughs> okay you're um, saying they're going to take a lot of the concepts present in aoe 3 and moving them I, over? I have a sneaking suspicion okay uh i don't it's not you know there's no justification for it i just definitely the look of the game feels more similar right and you could just say it's updated graphics and stuff but like i mean i i love the look of aoe3 i think you can actually really get to see the different like uh sims that you play how different they look right um from each other i think just the way it kind of works but i'm just yeah i i i just have i just have as you know a fear that some aoe2 players you know might do the same thing they did to aoe3 who knows who knows okay I'm, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself okay i'm just this is me just spitballing here <laughs> fair enough um but yeah this this is definitely so if if i recommend this i think this is not necessarily an expansion if you don't play aoe3 regularly you'll get um because it's this is the tough thing with AoE 3. I think if you play the game regularly, you're getting it, like no questions asked. But I think if you're just kind of, you know, if you're just, uh, you know, you, you play from time to time, this is probably one you won't get. Um, like for me, like United States, right? Uh, that whole thing, it was like, it was something I didn't bother getting. Uh, this one intrigued me though, so I did. And I actually really did enjoy the historical missions, but there's only three, right? um so three historical battles i think they're done well um are they necessarily on par with uh you know the you know let's just say like it's it's a similar price tag as aoe2 expansion right except aoe2 expansion you're probably going to get closer to 10 to 15 right um Mm -hmm. now i will say these historical battles i think are great i actually really like how they're done i think they're cinematic i think the voiceovers are good um but you know there'll probably be more content in the AOE two one, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't gotten this one um, mostly because I've been very busy lately. Um, but also, uh, I, I don't know. It, it just kind of seems that you know, like you said, I don't play Age of Empires three regularly. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to wait for, for a sale or something or, or some kind of bundle before I pick this up. Um, I think that's a great point. I think, uh, oh, I'll talk about their Asia mechanic, which I think we can probably kind of end their show on as a good discussion. But um, I think if you're not a regular AOE 3 player, then this these are the kind of things that you maybe wait like a couple of years and then you buy like a big bundle of them probably for a reduced price uh, and that's that's it i i am very impressed that they've been supporting aoe 3 as much as they have yeah it's and like more than aoe 1 right oh yeah aoe 1 gets no support which 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 is fine right but i'm i'm very like there has to be probably more people 
playing AoE 3 than we think? Or are they just kind of hoping that most people that play AoE 2 are kind of getting both? Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> it's certainly not their most popular game, um, but it is a fun game, and, and I'm glad to see that it's getting support. It's fantastic. It is, it is a good game, in my opinion. I think so. And I think, like, visually, I, I would... Yeah. I think visually, there's a lot of things that look really nice um, on it. Uh, so, like, especially if you're playing these historical battles, I think you'll enjoy that part as well. Uh, okay, unique age-ups. Uh, so, this is the one thing that I did want to talk about. Um, I don't know if they'll do this for AoE 4. They definitely don't do this in AoE 2. In AoE 2, when you age up, it just unlocks the next batch of technologies, right? In AoE 3, when you age up, usually it gives you some kind of bonus. Um, and... In this particular one for these two uh, African civilizations that they've added is you can have alliances. So you kind of, you, you choose your, so your age up is also an alliance that gives you uh, the alliances like technology. So I think that's a yeah. kind of cool thing where, where it's like, oh, let me choose a, a sieve that I want their bonuses from or, or their technologies from. And I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, that- has it, has yeah, what you want so, to say? Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, the, the age-up mechanic does seem really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm not super familiar with it, but it looks like there's... Are those cards that go into your deck, or are those units that you unlock? Um, so you, you get some kind of bonus, but more than anything, it is um, technologies and buildings. Okay. Uh, so you, so you, if you get a building from that particular stuff, so there's usually like two associated, right? Uh, actually, I think it might be one technology and one build. Oh no, it kind of depends what sieve you choose. Um, but you, you can get essentially, yeah, a building that your sieve normally wouldn't have. You can create units from it, um, and that's nice. Especially what I've kind of noticed, at least with Ethiopians, there wasn't that many things that could, um, uh, destroy buildings <laughs> in the game. Okay um so this is a nice kind of you know take if you get uh some artillery type type uh things or or for instance what did i get i got when i was doing one of the missions i had this thing that allowed me to uh get um some kind of muskets or, or another and, and actually really helped out against infantry so i i think there's there's kind of these cool um yeah, kind of depending on your situation. I mean, you have to definitely go more in depth in AoE three if you're playing it, but it kind of gives you those like options, which I think is really nice. Um, where you can you can definitely do some unique things and, and it breaks from the mold. There's one thing you can always give AoE three is that it likes to break from the mold. Yeah, absolutely. And and AoE three, um, the sieves in AoE three, or at least the the different sort of types of sieves, like you have the European sieves, now you have the African sieves the American sieves and the Asian sieves within a group, they're all kind of similar, but between groups, they're almost nothing alike. And there, there are a lot of differences between civilizations and it makes it, uh, it makes it a lot of fun because each new civilization that you try that you pick up is going to play like completely differently in some cases. And uh, it's cool to see that the, the new African sieves sort of are do their own thing like uh, i've i've read a little bit about the expansion they have they have other really interesting mechanics like their uh the the cattle that they can sell the livestock market 
Um, Which, by the way, was definitely there, but I did not like clue in. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, also, influence. Yeah. Uh, which is this whole other just they just added another resource <laughs> yeah and it's cool because like the asian civs have export and then yeah yeah the african civs have influence and they're sort of similar in a way but you generate them differently anyways it's, it's just really cool that that the the african civs aren't like some generic copy of another civ they're really sort of they stand apart as a type of civ on their own and i think that's really cool Man, there has to be someone working on this that has so much love for this game. Like the amount yeah. that AoE three is supported, like and the amount that I'm that even like even these historical battles I've I've really enjoyed. I it just feels like there there must be something there, you know. Yeah, for sure. Especially you know to support a game that's that's never been their most popular game, um, to give give it this much support, um, you know th- that's great. Yeah. And uh, I think I think we'll kind of you know uh, end it here. Uh, so once again, my my recommendation if if you play OE three reg- like regularly, or if you have the game and you don't mind, you're okay with like three pretty pretty I think pretty solid campaign missions. Um, <laughs> there's part of me that also kind of feels like you know maybe three is okay. I don't need to play fifteen. <laughs> um yeah but if if you don't play the game regularly i i probably wouldn't recommend it um and yeah i think we'll probably end it here um so matt thank you for being on well thank uh, you so much for you, having me yeah no worries no worries and i'm excited to talk in two weeks we'll definitely have plenty to talk about with uh the release of the aoe 2 expansion um and we'll, i'm sure we'll try out some of those campaigns and give give you our thoughts on them really exciting times i feel for aoe in the next couple of months yeah tons going on in august you know three different games are you know either getting expansions or or the the beta is launching it's a really exciting time and in two weeks we'll have we'll have more to say so really excited to we're looking forward to, to being back on in a couple of weeks yeah for sure all right uh i hope all of you have a good one and uh yeah we'll see you next time bye-bye all right cheers